One of the very few bright spots of this past season was Dylan Cease, and he is gearing up to build on his 2022 performance. It can't be easy going into a season knowing that you are being looked upon to deliver at a high level once again, and a drop-off is just out of the question. Cease seems to be focused and prepared for what lies ahead as the ace of the White Sox starting staff. You are locked on White Sox. Your daily Chicago White Sox podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Sox fans, welcome to Locked On White Sox. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Socks. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, just search Locked On White Sox. Hey, I'm your host, Nick Murawski, a lifelong diehard Chicago White Sox fan, recording this podcast just blocks from the ballpark in beautiful Bridgeport. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTB. Hey, really appreciate you letting me steal some of your time to talk off-season White Sox. Lockdown White Sox is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Possible outfield depth for the White Sox is uh, no longer an option as Adam Duvall uh, signs with Boston. And Joe Kelly, yes, that Joe Kelly has written a book uh, following up on a Cy Young type season is very difficult, but White Sox ace Dylan Cease appears to be uh, prepared both mentally and physically. Hey, welcome back to Lockdown White Sox. Want to give a quick shout out to Michael and his brother Jack, uh, who just started listening to the podcast recently. Thanks for reaching out. Uh, uh, Lockdown White Sox, uh, we're in this off-season mode of uh, just three episodes a week, uh, but that will change once pitchers and catchers report uh, in mid-February. We'll go back to five episodes a week. Uh, unless uh, that trade actually happens that Rick Hahn talked about at the beginning of the offseason, then we'll sneak another episode, if needed, uh, into the week. Uh, look for episodes on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday uh, next week, week of January uh, 23rd. And thanks again for all the new subscribers on our YouTube channel, uh, closing in on 1,000, uh, trying to take over. Uh, the Locked on AL Central, so to speak. So thank you so much. And any uh, questions and comments? Uh, you know, we had the mailbag Wednesday, obviously, uh, the previous episode, starting to get together some questions for uh, next week's mailbag. Uh, you can always reach out at LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. Uh, boy, I don't know if you felt this, but it seems like Dylan Cease uh, has been everywhere the last uh, few days. Uh, I think he made himself available to the media. Lots of articles and interviews. Uh, I got a, a video email to me by the White Sox. Maybe you did as well with his whole workout program. Uh, pretty impressive. Uh, I know CHGO and, and Vinny Duber had some stuff. NBC Sports Chicago and uh, Scott Merkin had an article. Uh, you know, Dylan Cease, I mean, it was an absolute magical year in 2022. Uh, came in second place, of course, in the uh, Cy Young voting. Uh, Cease, one of the very few bright spots about last season. And you wonder, you know, where his head is at as spring training uh, approaches. And 
I've been talking about Lucas Giolito and uh, Mike Clevenger, even Lance Lynn, trying to return to their former self. Uh, what do they still have to prove? But what about someone like Dylan Cease? Uh, did he hit his ceiling last year, or is there more left? And how much more? Uh, only time will tell, of course. And, and I think he, I think he has so much more to prove. 2022. Uh, was not a fluke year by any means. Uh, but is it more challenging to return to accustomed levels when nobody is expecting much out of you or try to build on a remarkable season with something even better? Dylan C's discussed his offseason plans uh, for this winter uh, in spring with the uh, media on Tuesday. Uh, this is from Dylan C's. The biggest change for me is I'm starting my bullpen work a little later. Uh, but really, I'm kind of just following the same process, uh, trying to develop my changeup a little bit more now. Uh, but really, I'm just building up arm strength and getting my body ready. Uh, again, I'm sometimes uh, I forget about this. There was that lockout uh, last offseason. So things might be a little different uh, for pitchers uh, opposed to uh, last offseason. Uh, more from C's. Uh, the biggest thing is there's a lot less to work on. Uh, the previous season, I had a lot of things that needed to be ironed out. Uh, now it's more rest and making sure my body is prepared for the long run. It's a little bit more important right now. Uh, Dylan C's talked about the uh, pitch clock uh, coming here uh, this uh, season in 2023. Uh, he said, I think they'll uh, will definitely be some preparation, uh, maybe like have a stop clock at the bullpens and make sure that we're uh, kind of getting the rhythm down. Uh, Cease also talked about passing on the opportunity to pitch in the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, I decided not to. Uh, Cease said I was looking forward to it, uh, but it made uh, more sense to prepare for the season. It's definitely a huge honor and exciting anytime you get the opportunity to represent something bigger than yourself like that. Uh, it's a really big deal, but a lot of it is just the unfortunate reality of having to weigh not what's more important, but essentially what I'm preparing for. And it made more sense not to risk anything and to prepare for the season. Uh, Scott Merkin had a a great article, and Merkin writes, uh, the White Sox agreed to terms on a one-year a $5.7 million deal with Cease, who is due to become a free agent after the 2025 season. Uh, he's open to a longer deal with the organization, as he similarly uh, spoke about at the end of the 2022 regular season. Uh, this is what Dylan Cease said about that. I'd always be open to something that's a fair, good deal. Uh, to my knowledge, there's nothing in the works in that regard. But I love Chicago, and I would always be open to having a dialogue for sure. My motivation is knowing that it's not given, and that if I don't show up and I don't put the work in, it's not going to happen. I just want to perform well and contribute to a winning team and do what it takes. Uh, so again, this past season, uh, just remarkable uh, from Dylan season, you know, Again, we've been we've been anticipating this. Uh, we've been waiting for a season like this, and he finally just kind of put everything back together. If you've been watching Dylan Cease closely, as I'm sure you have uh, over the last several years, uh, there was a, there was a maturity, there was a sense of confidence out on the mound. 
trusting his stuff more than in previous seasons. Uh, so he had 14 consecutive starts from May 29th to August 11th when he allowed one earned run or fewer, becoming the first starter non-opener since 1913 to accomplish the feat. Uh, AL Pitcher of the Month for June and July, becoming the first pitcher in franchise history to win such an honor twice in the same season. Uh, Cease went 14-8 and with a 2.20 ERA. Uh, he had 32 starts, which was very similar to his 2021 campaign, uh, pitched 184 innings, uh, however, led all of baseball uh, with 78 walks. So if you're looking for anything to fine-tune, uh, that would be for sure something to start with. Uh, Dylan Cease throws a ton of pitches. I feel like maybe he was relying uh, on himself and didn't really trust the defense too much behind him. I don't blame him. Uh, he's a strikeout pitcher. You're going to throw a lot of pitches. You're going to go to th to some three-two counts, and that is definitely uh, something he's, I'm sure, working on. Uh, winning the Cy Young Award uh, puts you on the map, uh, but I'm going to tell you why following up on a magical year is the real trick. Uh, more on that uh, in a moment. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. They get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to basketball. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, which I'm, I'm sure you do, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about online where the game starts. So it's got to be uh, unbelievably difficult to battle the pressure and expectations trying to follow up on an amazing season. No matter what sport, uh, it's got to feel almost impossible. Uh, Dylan Cease is not playing the underdog anymore. Uh, he's not going to catch anybody uh, off guard. Uh, as a pitcher, so much uh, you've got to rely on. It comes from players around you. Uh, you know, there are a ton of variables. Cease did what he did while the White Sox played some of the worst defense in all of the league, and the offense was anemic. Uh, but Dylan Cease, uh, he has the stuff to jump right back into the Cy Young conversation, in my mind. I mean, the bullseye will be on his back for sure, and players on every opposing team will want a piece of one of the best in the American League. There'll be no shortage of video out there. He, uh, he Here's a look at some prior Cy Young Award winners and their follow-up year. So, again, obviously Dylan Cease, uh, didn't win the Cy Young in 2022, but he came very, very close. It was down almost to the last uh, month. Uh, Justin Verlander, of course, won in 2022. Uh, we're going to go back to maybe the five previous. Uh, so, uh, you know, Dylan Cease didn't win, but he still had such an amazing, you know, uh, season. What would a follow-up? What can we maybe expect? How has that traditionally gone uh, with pitchers that have been so successful in baseball? So, uh, Robbie Ray uh, won the Cy Young, the AL Cy Young, in 2021. Now, in 2022, he changed teams. Okay, He went to free agency and he changed teams. So, again, lots of variables. Uh, but he went 12-12 and 12, 
Uh, started 32 games, which is good, uh, but he saw his ERA increase up to 3.71 and had 36 less strikeouts in about uh, the same amount of innings than his Cy Young year. Uh, and again, uh, he switched teams. Uh, not not horrible, but obviously not you know not ca- recapturing that magic. Uh, let's go back to Shane Bieber in 2020. Again, that was the 60 game season. Now in 2021, uh, he made the All-Star team. There was no uh, All-Star game in 2020. Uh, and in 2021, Bieber was 7-4 and four with a 3.14 ERA, which was up compared to his Cy Young season in 2020. Uh, and Bieber did not receive any uh, Cy Young votes uh, at the end of the season. Uh, then Justin Verlander, uh, he won in 2019. Uh, this is what his 2020 looked like. Uh, he only made one start uh, because Justin Verlander had Tommy John surgery in 2020. I don't even want to think about uh, going down that path. Uh, let's go to 2018. Blake Snell won the Cy Young Award. Uh, in 2019, uh, he made eight fewer starts, had a 6-8 and eight record a 4.29 ERA, which was an increase from his Cy Young season, pitched roughly 80 less innings, and his strikeout total was obviously much lower. He did not receive any uh, Cy Young votes. Uh, Then we'll go back uh, to 2017. Uh, Corey Kluber won the AL Cy Young Award. Uh, This is what he did uh, for the Encore in 2018. He won 20 games to follow up his Cy Young year, Uh, Had a higher ERA at 2.89, but not by much. And he pitched in more innings uh, in 2018. He came in third place uh, in the Cy Young voting. So Corey Kluber, in the last five years or so, uh, he is your outlier. Uh, How about White Sox related? Uh, We haven't had a lot to speak of in terms of pitchers that have been in the Cy Young conversation Uh, Let's go back to Chris Sale. Chris Sale is still trying to chase and find uh, his first uh, Cy Young Award. Now, uh, pitched very well for the White Sox for for a nice stretch there, but we'll go to 2014. Uh, He finished third in the AL Cy Young voting. That was the best in a White Sox uniform. What did he do in 2015? He pitched more innings and set the strikeout record with 274, but finished with a 13 and 11 record and a 3.41 ERA, he finished in fourth place in the Cy Young voting as a follow-up. So pretty good uh, combination there, 2014, 2015. Uh, so then let's let's go back to uh, the last time a White Sox pitcher won a Cy Young award, and that's Jack McDowell. Uh, that was 1993. Uh, his follow-up year. Uh, 1994 was, of course, disrupted by the strike, but he finished with a comparable ERA, uh, lower win total, uh, but did not receive any Cy Young votes. Uh, David Cohn uh, won the Cy Young Award in 1994. Uh, Pedro Martinez won back-to-back Cy Young Awards in 1999-2000. That was the last time an AL pitcher achieved that feat. And then prior to that was Roger Clemens winning back-to-back Cy Young Awards uh, 1997 and 1998. Possible outfield depth is now off the board. And I'm going to tell you why potential infield options might also be gone as well. More on that in a moment. 
So some uh, MLB happenings. Uh, saw this article on MLB uh, trade rumors. Uh, the Boston Red Sox are taking a serious look at Josh Harrison, and there's uh, no surprise there with the Trevor Story uh, injury. He may be he might be lost for the entire 2023 season. And then uh, Bogart's leaving, of course, to the Padres. Uh, Josh Harrison could go to Boston, and he could start uh, right away potentially. And apparently the Red Sox are also interested in Elvis Andrews. Again, uh, makes sense. And, you know, that I just feel like if the Sox are going to uh, bring somebody in, bring a veteran, you know, you're going to, they're going to want to start. They're going to want at least a, a serious chance to start. And I think Elvis Andrews could do that. Uh, but that really all depends on what the White Sox want to do. If they are maxed out uh, financially, you know, and they want to go young save some money uh, and start that movement at second base. Uh, there's no point in bringing Elvis Andrews or Josh Harrison uh, in for competition for a chance to win a spot. Boston's going to give them a chance to win that spot. And, and these are where you're going to see some issues over the next month or so, especially when spring training starts, uh, you're going to have, you know, you're going to have potential injuries and anybody that's still lingering around that hasn't signed, uh, they're going to be gobbled up quickly. So I, I, the fact that Harrison and Andrews are still out there and the White Sox haven't made a move on them, I, I think the White Sox are, are standing pat right there with what they have in-house unless there's that trade that we were uh, being told about early in the offseason, unless something develops uh, there. Uh, speaking of the Red Sox, uh, they uh, look like they've come to agreement with uh, outfielder Adam Duvall. Um, Adam Duvall, a name talked about, uh, amongst a lot of White Sox fans, especially on social media uh, over this uh, last few weeks, few months of the offseason is, you know, he'd be a great piece to bring out and uh, bring in for outfield depth. We talked a little bit about this, uh, I believe, last week or the week prior on Lockdown uh, White Sox. Look, I don't think missing out on Adam Duvall uh, is the big deal. I'm not really concerned about that. I uh, it would have been nice to have some some depth, but I, I wasn't crazy about Adam Duvall. Uh, the real issue is that the White Sox are apparently maxed out financially uh, during another uh, incomplete offseason. Uh, it's it's that reactive instead of proactive uh, and settling for for maybe Jake uh, Marisnik, uh, maybe very well. That That's the path that the White Sox are going on. So Again, the Sox apparently are still in their, you know, window of competition where they, you know, not only are competing for the AL Central, but they might want to make some noise in the American League. I don't know if I buy that. I, I buy the fact that they're going to be competitive in the AL Central, but I don't think at all uh, they're on paper putting themselves in, uh, in the top AL teams. Uh, but, you know, this is still the competition window. And you're going to go in with an unproven second baseman for the most part, even if it is Gonzalez. I, I don't really think we know much about what we have in Gonzalez. He has a lot to prove. And you're going to go in with uh, potentially Gavin Sheets or Oscar Colas. And if it's Oscar Colas, that's great. You know, uh, boy, the potential, everything we've heard about him. But that's a lot on his shoulders. It, it really is. Uh, and I've talked about, you know, potentially a mentor for Oscar Colas, some of that he can uh, rely on is he's going to struggle. He really is. Uh, and, you know, Pedro Grafol has talked about, speaking of outfield depth, Grafol has talked about in interviews uh, this offseason about 
you knew what you were going to get with the Chicago White Sox, especially in the outfield. And uh, teams were told in the AL Central and beyond, run on the outfielders, especially your corner outfielders. They do not have an arm. They don't have an outfield arm because they're not outfielders. So uh, if you're going to run Gavin Sheets out there because you're, you're unsure of uh, Oscar Colas, it's, it's laughable to me. I'd rather see Oscar Colas, but still, unproven guy, you know, and, and that's where I go back to uh, hopefully, hopefully the core, the main core of this White Sox team, uh, they do return uh, to custom levels, maybe levels we've never even seen before. So they mask any confusion and any question uh, that is going on at second base in right field. Again, we got about a month left until pitchers and catchers report. Uh, Joe Kelly, uh, boy, oh boy, Joe Kelly has written a book. Uh, there was an article in the Chicago Tribune uh, from uh, Paul Sullivan. Uh, he, he received an advanced copy and he wrote a little blurb about uh, some of the things you might learn in this book. Uh, this book is called A Damn Near Perfect Game. It's scheduled to be released uh, this spring uh, in line with spring training. Uh, according to Sullivan, uh, Sox fans, uh, you know, there's not a lot going on here for us, especially last year. It has nothing new about Kelly's experiences uh, this past season when he recorded a 6.08 ERA in 43 appearances and also was booed on a few occasions. So not a lot of White Sox stuff. And then there were some uh, takeaways from this book. Uh, Sullivan highlighted them. I found this one a little interesting. Uh, so after establishing himself as a reliable setup man, uh, Kelly hoped to stay with the Dodgers when he became a free agent after the 2021 season. Uh, he had been a key reliever uh, since their 2020 championship team, but suffered a torn bicep during the 2021 postseason and wasn't available to start the 2022 season. Uh, his agent told him the White Sox distinguished themselves from the competition. Kelly was shocked, writing the Sox never showed interest. Uh, Kelly liked the idea of playing for the manager, writing, I knew what LaRusa wanted and I knew I could deliver. Uh, there was no hemming or hawing, no demand for medical evaluation. And again, Joe Kelly tore his bicep during the 2021 playoffs. Uh, he doesn't write about his uh, injury-plagued uh, 2022 season or much at all about the White Sox. Again, Joe Kelly's book out uh, this spring training. Uh, folks, thank you so very much uh, for making this podcast part of your daily routine. Uh, you can find the Lockdown White Sox podcast absolutely everywhere you find your podcast. We are on Twitter at Lockdown Sox. You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTB. And don't forget to just, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Pass this along to other Sox fans uh, in your life as we are gearing up uh, for spring training. I think we're like 10 weeks away from uh, opening day, uh, Sox opening up in Houston. Uh, you can get your questions in as well for next week's mailbag at LockedOnSocks at Gmail. Com. Thanks for making White Sox, uh, Lockdown White Sox, your first listen. For your next listen, uh, make uh, make it Lockdown MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available 
uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on the next episode, I'll continue to examine off-season scenarios as we count down to spring training in Glendale, Arizona. Really appreciate you making time for the Lockdown White Sox podcast. I'm Nick Murawski, and until next time, go Sox!